0: Question. If I were to ask you right this second to write down all of the subscriptions you pay for each month, would you be able to do it without missing one? It's more difficult than it sounds, especially with so many options and those sneaky free trials that you sometimes forget to cancel. What if I told you I had the perfect solution to help you with this exact problem? Why don't you try Rocket Money? With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to see each and every single subscription I pay for, even the ones I totally forgot I had. I'm sure you've been there too, but Rocket Money Money can help cancel it with just a few taps. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens, so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you. Lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Take control over your finances and with the help of Rocket Money's easy to use dashboard, compare your monthly spending and make saving money easier than ever. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of 500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to 700. $140 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com/slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com/slash morning cup. Have you ever come home from a long day just to find out that that meat you needed for your recipe has totally slipped your mind the last time you went to the grocery store? Well, with the help of ButcherBox, you might never have to deal with that problem ever again. With ButcherBox, you get the convenience of having high-quality meat and seafood delivered straight to your door. Not to mention the peace of mind you get to feel knowing that it's 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free. All humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. Let ButcherBox help make your life even easier no grocery store required. In addition to free shipping on every order, you get to curate your box plans, have access to member exclusive deals, get recipe ideas and inspiration, as well as helpful tips. You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com Morning morningcup and use the code morningcup at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, Top sirloins or salmon in every box for an entire year. Plus, get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com/slash morning cup and use the code morning cup.
1: There were two more murders 15 miles when away. When arrived, found the telephone and electricity line weird described huh? by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning cup of murder.
2: Some crimes are so heinous, there is a stain left on a whole city. On November 9, 1906, a man was born who would grow up and become a true monster. His crimes so horrible that a whole city changed their name. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Gordon Northcott was born in Bladworth, Saskatchewan on November 9, 1906. When he was in his late teens, the family moved to Los Angeles, California, and, wanting to strike out on his own, Gordon asked for some money to buy a plot of land in Wineville so he could start his own chicken ranch. With the help of his father, Gordon got all of the coops, as well as a house, built on the land, and soon Gordon sent for his 13-year-old nephew, Sanford Clark, to come help him run the business. Gordon's sister willingly sent her son to live in the United States, unaware of Gordon's intentions for the young boy. Soon, Sanford was being groomed to help his uncle obtain young boys with the pretext of working at the farm. They were comfortable with Sanford. His age made him an ally of sorts. But when they arrived at the chicken ranch, instead of finding work, they found themselves being brutally molested by Gordon before being driven off to the middle of nowhere and left to find their way back home. It's unknown just how many young boys he lured to the farm, and how many were molested and set free. But soon Gordon realized the dangerous game he was playing and began to evolve his dark plans. If the boys never made it back home, they couldn't testify to the rape. No witness, no crime. For two years, boys began disappearing at an alarming rate. But with no remains ever being found, no one was ever certain if they simply ran off or if something much worse happened. Not just that, but the LAPD at the time were under investigation for mass corruption, meaning attention was not fully given to the lives of these missing boys and stalling the case along the way. Only four in total can be definitively proven to be victims of the chicken coop murders. The first was that of Alvin Gothia, who remained unidentified for some time due to decapitation, but is theorized to be Gordon's first victim. And before the investigation into his death could really gain momentum on March 10, 1928 a nine-year-old boy named Walter Collins failed to come home after a trip to the theater when his mother called the police to report him missing they simply stated it had not been 24 hours and that she needed to wait a wait that would prove fatal a few days after abducting Walter Gordon got a call from his mother informing him that she'd be coming to stay with him at the ranch for a few days. Once she arrived, she noticed that her son refused to show her the chicken coops. Suspicious, she made her way to the coops to see what he was hiding and found Walter Collins. She told her son that the young boy, who was an acquaintance of Gordon's, could absolutely identify him by name and that he needed to do something to assure Walter never made it home. Sanford would later testify that Sarah Louise, Gordon's mother, decided that all three should participate in the murder. That way, they couldn't implicate each other if ever caught. Gordon suggested a gun, but Sarah feared it would draw unwanted attention. So, she picked up an axe and bludgeoned young Walter with the blunt end as he slept in the coop. Soon, both Gordon and Sanford joined in. A few months later, on May 16, 1928, two brothers went missing and would later die in a similar fashion. In the meantime, police worked to try and solve the case of Walter Collins. But again, due to the issues internally, the case took five months just to even get the smallest lead. That's when they got a call from a young boy in Illinois claiming to be Walter Collins. The police, happy that the case seemed to solve itself, began a very public process of bringing Walter from Illinois back to California and reuniting him with his mother. They invited the press and all waited at the train station for the tearful reunion. What happened instead was Christine taking one look at the boy and declaring that he was not Walter. Instead of responding by admitting a possible mistake, the police told her to take him home and try him out. The imposter lived with Christine Collins for three weeks, during which she tried to prove to everyone what she already knew, that this boy was not her son. She was instead placed in a mental institution. The boy claiming to be Walter was eventually questioned, and he admitted that his real name was Arthur Hitchens Jr., He was a runaway when someone mentioned in passing how he looked like the missing boy from California. Seeing this as an opportunity to move to California and meet his favorite actor, Tom Mix, he called the police and said he was Walter Collins. If this sounds familiar, then you watch the movie The Changeling. Christine Collins was released 10 days after Arthur's admission. She, rightfully so, filed a lawsuit against the LAPD. While all of this was going on, Gordon continued his horrible actions on the farm undetected. And it probably would have continued for who knows how long if it wasn't for a series of complaints. The first came from Gordon himself. He went to the DA's office complaining about a neighbor's profane and violent behavior that it was upsetting to his nephew, who was training for priesthood. Then, when investigators questioned the neighbor, he came back with a complaint that he saw Gordon hitting his nephew and that they should go see what was happening at the ranch. Gordon Northcott was officially on their radar. Then, after some troubling letters came from Sanford in September of 1928, his mother Winifred reported that he had been kidnapped to the American authorities, feeling that this was the safest way to get her son away from Gordon. Some sources say that his mother or sister came to visit and saw firsthand what atrocities were taking place at the farm and came back to Canada ready to get the police involved. Either way, immigration ended up taking Sanford into custody, and soon he was telling authorities everything he knew, that Gordon kidnapped, molested, beat, and killed several boys with the help of his mother. He also admitted the role he played in the murders. And the reason these bodies had never been located was because Gordon dissolved them in quicklime and scattered them in the desert, or on his property, leading many to theorize that the only reason Alvin Gothea was found was because he was the first victim, meaning Gordon had not perfected his disposal method. Detectives descended upon the farm, and on September 17, 1928, they began unearthing pieces of human bones, a blood-stained axe, and hatchet. They found small pieces of the Winslow brothers, who went missing in May, as well as their schoolbooks, Boy Scout badges, and letters, but no full bodies were ever found. Nor were there any identifiable pieces belonging to Walter Collins, though they believed strongly that some of the bones located did belong to him. Gordon, who had fled to Canada with his mother was captured and extradited back to Riverside, where Gordon Northcott confessed killing five boys and his mother admitted to helping him bury Walter Collins. Over the course of a few months, both recanted and added victims to their list. The number at some point got up to 20 victims. In the end, it was Sarah Louise who would be prosecuted and sentenced for the murder of Walter Collins. She confessed and stated that her son was not involved, So the state chose not to prosecute him for that particular murder. The only murder they they could charge him for with the evidence they had was that of Alvin Gothea, who at the time was problematically referred to as the headless Mexican, and Lewis and Nelson Winslow. After a 27-day trial, on February 8, 1929, Gordon Northcott was found guilty and sentenced to death. He was hanged on October 2, 1930, at just 23 years old. Because she was a woman, Sarah Louise was spared the death penalty, but served the rest of her life in prison. While serving time in prison, many began to speculate that Gordon abducted these boys and held them in the coops for customers that the chicken ranch was an elaborate cover for a pedophilia ring and that these boys were sold to the highest bidder. In the end, the Wineville Chicken Coop murders left enough of a black stain on the city that they changed their name to Mira Loma, the same year Gordon was hanged for his crimes. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on November 10th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This daily true crime podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching Morning Cup of Murder. I'd love it if you stopped by and said hi.